to another episode of Intuition Your First Sense. This is Vicki Baird, and I am the intuitive development coach, life coach, business coach, person, guide, goofball that is hosting this show and who came up with it, I don't even know, it's been three years, I think. This is like episode 140 or somewhere around there. And this is the one where I take a chapter of the book I wrote in 2012, share it with you and add my insights and just make the information available to you episode at a time. And this one is about instant tragedy. So the name of the book, Everyone Has an It, a guide to helping you accept, accentuate, and appreciate yours is based on acronyms uh, because I love them and I have a background in medical billing and everything in the medical world is acronyms and I think our brain works well that way which may be one of the reasons it's set up that way but more likely you just can't say all those words over and over and over again you had to come up with shortcuts so the acronym of this chapter is instant tragedy so everyone has an it basically every chapter is based on two words acronym wise and this one is instant tragedy. So have you ever met someone who the minute life is not going as they would like it to go, it, it goes in immediate reactive mode. It's right there. They're high energy, fast response. Actually, it's not even a response. It's a reaction. Someone who, unless they really are on stage, acts like they're trying to win that elusive Oscar. You know, someone who is just amped all the time. And I don't know if they didn't get enough attention or if they think that that's just the way to go about things or if they really are in some kind of fight or flight mode. But we all have that person in our lives, um, at least until we ask them to exit stage left. So maybe you're that someone. Maybe you're someone who reacts so quickly to situations that you don't even give yourself time to think or consider or ponder. And maybe you haven't considered the fact that you might be reacting to energy and not necessarily whatever the situation is. And we all have occasions where there's a knee-jerk reaction and we speak or act before thinking um, or more importantly, feeling. But when it becomes one audition after another, it can create a whole domino effect in one's life. And very often, we don't want to admit that we have the capability but it is inherent in us, and if activated, can become quite entertaining. Um, probably why the movie business does so well, and streaming shows, and Lord help me, reality TV, because in some ways we are all voyeuristic, and I think we learn well that way. But I also think that we can turn down the reaction thing, and as I used to say to one of my sons, uh, the whole world does not revolve around you. Your world can, but the whole world does not have to. And there have been many times where I'm working with a client and they may be in this place of heightened energy and I feel like it's my job to create a calm environment where we can discuss that. Like we can figure out why you might feel like you're reacting this way or what is bringing about this reaction. And then maybe it's because you were raised in a house that was just high energy and always people were always on your back. And I have a, a client and I named her Maud in the book 
who gave me permission to share this, and we also thought the name Maud was very funny, who, when she came to me, had some really difficult events in her past that she was dealing with, truly. And I could feel her fear, her pain, and her feeling of being out of control. I acknowledged this to her because I think being seen and heard is important and suggested that perhaps we find a way of shifting that energy around her experiences, allowing them to be there, uh, but no longer in control of how she felt on a daily basis. She was not pleased with my suggestion. (laughs) She flat out told me that the way she had been dealing with her life is just fine and she would continue to do so regardless of what I saw or felt would be in her best interest. Well, there's nothing I can do when someone comes asking for help to feel better and to line up their life, but wants to sit in their own drama or sit in their own you know what. I then suggested that perhaps her therapist would be a good connection for her to help create a space that felt safe enough for her to come out of her flight response. Needless to say, that didn't go over well either. I have complete faith in the information I receive to not only be in, you know, the person's best interest, but what they're ready to hear. And whether they want to acknowledge it in that moment or not, I do feel like it's for for their good or I would not be receiving the information the way I do. And it's very often that I am the one that is voicing the pain that's inside someone. And that might be because I see some abuse that they've shut down on and don't remember, or there's just not been a place for them to open up. Or sometimes, honestly, it's because they're not expecting it from me. And when I say, well, this thing that happened to you when you were a teenager at such and such an age and your dad said this or this happened in your life, they're not expecting that, even though they're coming into a reading totally knowing that I have those capabilities. They may not be expecting it. So sometimes it can open those doors to address situations, which is why if you do this work, intuitive, call it whatever you want, psychic energy work, you better have a good line of respect and responsibility for yourself. This stuff's not in the book. I just went off on a little tangent here. However, when I can feel someone's pain in that way, and I also know that I'm being guided to help them find a way to ease out of that pain, then I'm pretty fearless. I'll pretty much say whatever comes through from spirit because I trust that that information to be of the highest. And I had seen the fear in Maud's energy in her face when I suggested not giving any more power to her memories. And it was then I realized that it was a fear of letting go of the drama that was really holding her back and not actually the memories. She was caught in what was the adrenaline rush and wasn't sure how she could move through it, you know, much like someone addicted to to a substance. She was more afraid of not having that fueling her than what could help her to feel better. So considering she hired me to help her feel better about her life and not just reinforce the pattern she's been in, I went back in with a suggestion of moving very slowly all the patience in the world when someone's going through this, I really do, to the place where she may feel safe and willing to see her life differently. 
we weren't going to move anything just yet, but we were going to see how it could be different and hopefully feel how it could be different. And then at the tail of that, perhaps make some movement. I have so much compassion for those that are afraid of growth or movement because I can feel their fear response underneath. And in my earlier days, I would have been considered the proverbial bull in a china shop. In removing it, I learned that slow and steady really does create the substance and the practices that we need to heal on a long-term basis. And yes, sometimes that comes by saying something so direct, but sometimes it comes from stepping back and being calm and allowing for the energy to show me where to go. I know that we have the ability to step back and witness our own experience. And what I suggested to her was she literally see her life as a movie and she could be the director of that movie. So she could call cut if she needed to. Um, but she could also move her reactive self to the other side of the camera lens and allow room for a response to come in, whether it was a response to the family member who was still in her life or whether it was a response to the experiences that she was having or a response to her own emotions. And this is something that over the years we worked on. And I'm grateful to say that she also learned in raising her children that that type of reactive thing was just propelling and even perpetuating the habit and it takes a lot of courage to stop the way we've been raised and to decide a new way to raise our children or to be in the world that takes such a bravery and such a i don't know navigator warrior spirit so let me ask you Where in your life are you acting out an Oscar-worthy performance? So I can give you an example coming out of the book format for a moment. I can give you an example of something recent in my life. I, if you've listened to previous episodes, just moved my business to another state, moved my butt to another state, and moved in with my partner and his five animals and (laughs) in a pretty remote area where I was pretty used to being able to get coffee after, you know, literally a half mile walk. And that's not possible here. It's okay. I make really good coffee at home. But I was making an Oscar worthy performance within myself around this. And you know what I realized? I realized that I'm so good at helping people with their problems And actually by moving, we had solved some of the challenges. We lived a distance from each other and that was becoming difficult. Not only in the time cut out to visit each other, but also because we wanted to see each other more and not just two days a week um, and cram everything in in two days. So I, in essence, what it did was solve a lot of my own problems which weren't really problems, but they were responsibilities, but I saw them as these are the things I do within my life. You know, I'm a strong, independent woman doing these things myself and I can handle anything. And then I realized, whoa, by actually being in a relationship with somebody who sees me, who accepts me for who I am, who pushes me when I'm kind of phoning it in on myself, (laughs) he does. And I so appreciate that. I was actually creating problems where there were none. 
And I remember thinking on my morning walk is where I've really been tuning in, you know, because like I said, I'm not close to much. So there's plenty of places to walk here. Um, and I decide to do my walk in the morning with no music, no podcast, nothing except my conversations with self and spirit and the puppy who's 14, but we still tell her she's a puppy. So what I realized one day on a walk was, oh my goodness, I love solving problems. I love creating systems. I'm good at it. And I was creating problems with my own life because there were no longer problems to solve. The relationship is good. The financial situation is good. The health is good. Um, you know, my business is wonderful. I get to do everything I love to do and it supports me well. And everything was good. And I was creating problems where there were none. And once I realized that, I realized, Vicki, you are doing instant tragedy. You are creating tragedy where none exists. So how about you get on the other side of this and you create joyfulness and you create more abundance and see just how far can we ride this fun train. So we, no matter how much work we do and how aware we are of ourselves, there are going to be times when you slip into instant tragedy. The key is to not judge it. So where is there a tendency to jump to conclusions and to strike without asking for more information? Do you do this? Do you immediately assume that person didn't call you back because they just don't care or they're insensitive? You know, maybe they have a life. Maybe they're busy. Maybe you are not the center of their universe. Have you considered that? It's possible. I know you don't want to believe it, but it's possible. So with whom are you this reactive? It literally hurts my heart when I see couples talking to each other this way. And when I see people interacting in a way and I try not to let that in and I realize it hurts and then I recognize not my hurt. So um, if something does hurt your heart that way, don't let it in. Like you can, you can have the observation of it, but then don't absorb it, okay? So, but are you that reactive with anybody else? Because if you are, deal with your own issues. Like deal with your own stuff. Somebody is not triggering you. You, it, you can't be triggered if you don't have triggers. I'm not talking about post-traumatic stress here. I am talking about an attitude problem. So if there's a person that can quote unquote push your buttons, well, remove the buttons, like <laughs> look at them and have some humor around it, but also say, why am I creating this instant tragedy? Maybe I could just leave that for Hollywood or maybe I could leave that for the writers and all that. In any of these instances, you can step back and watch it like a movie. And you can identify with the character on the screen because you may recognize yourself as that character on the screen. But we know when we walk out of watching a movie, like that drama is over, you know it's complete. The writer, the director, the actors, all the stagehand, everybody that participated in that, the crew, they created, oh, post-production. Let's thank post-production. I don't feel like they get thanked enough have created entertainment for us. And, and that's wonderful. It really is. And it's evident and we love it because it is evident by the number of shows and movies available and videos on YouTube. But does it really feel good to live in it? Does it feel good 
to always be in that state of drama. I'll tell you right now, your adrenal system does not like it um, and your blood pressure probably doesn't either. If living with the drama fills you up in a way that you think is loving and peaceful, you might want to take a look at that. It's probably not. In all likelihood, it's not. So how about trying a healthy detachment? Be the moviegoer in your own life. It's called the witness. Witness yourself in this process and have humor with it. So if you catch yourself doing that thing you do, recognize it and then create a process to, to shift it. And part of that process will be stepping back and observe with any circumstance in your life and learn to release the attachment to the thrill of the ride on the drama roller coaster. Like if you're getting that upset about something that didn't directly impact you, you are looking for that fight, looking for that engagement. Have you ever wondered where your soul is? How you can be in touch with it? How you can use it and communicate with it with your human senses as well as your intuition? I wondered this for a long time and as I practiced and learned how to do it, I have now created a course that you can take that is self-guided along with some live events with me that can help you to connect to your soul as well and to use this amazing collaboration between your human self and your soul to empower your life, to create what you'd like to have and most importantly to be able to feel that you belong that you are amazing and then what would you like to do with that in the world so head on over to the website vickybaird.com check it out and sign up and let me know if you need any help if it lights you up that much if you get that passionate about it perhaps there's a cause you can you can join you can volunteer for but if this is just between people and you're getting that mad about it like stop it uh, if you're really enjoying that ride, you may also be avoiding in the other areas of your life where this, this lit up energy could be coming from. And why not have it be something that's fulfilling and that brings you joy rather than something that has you crash afterwards and feeling that lower energy depression. Um, it, and a benefit of learning this skill and stepping back, and it is a process, it's a skill building thing. It is not something that if you're reactive and you go to that instant tragedy place, it's not something you're going to shift overnight. It is learning to step back. You'll have less negative aspects in your life. You'll have more supportive ones. You'll attract work opportunities, partners, friends, um, somebody buying you coffee in front of, in the line. Um, you know, just the ability to connect with nature to see the beauty that is in this world. When you release the need to be that tense or to have that drama fix it mode, you'll be opening your arms to those that want the same thing in their life. Yeah, you want playfulness and you do want entertainment, but let's let it stay on the stage, okay? Um, if you have had the pleasure of having teenagers in your life, you know how well they can do drama and how addicting it can be. And it can roll out of control. And one of the things I used to say to my teens was save the drama for the llamas because mama is not interested. 
And some of it was to get them to shift the energy so that there was some humor around it. I wasn't minimizing what they're feeling. I was just, when it's out of context with what's going on, and it needs to be addressed, and it needs to be turned down. Because you won't get anywhere by screaming and hollering and trying to force your opinion on someone or bringing, telling the story at a higher octave. So have you ever noticed when people, and not just teenagers, are reading a text or email that someone else has sent and they do it with an inflection in their voice or they do it with an intonation? Um, how do you know that the other person was sounding like that when they sent the message? And do they really talk like that? Come on. So catch yourself doing that. And if you are putting inflection or intention into somebody else's statement, just step back and read it like a robot. Absolutely go into that automated voice. I can't stand on people's TikTok things. Like just go into that and read it from there though, because it will help you to remove any kind of hurt that you are bringing to the situation that the other person may not have meant. You know, perhaps this is a, an addiction to this instant tragedy thing because we all want to feel value. We all want to feel worthy. And sometimes we will inflate our worthiness in someone else's life because we're not feeling worthy in and of ourselves. That's not in the book, but that should be in the book. Take a note, Vicki. And I think that's what brings the need to embellish out. We want to make ourselves feel bigger or feel more valued, but you can only do that actually by going within and recognizing your own value. So stepping back and reading your text, your emails, any of that stuff with um, kind of a monotone will help you to answer it in a, in a proper way too. And you know what? Unless someone is in danger or you need to get that kid out of a situation, your text messages are not emergencies. When people text me, I do not see that as an emergency. Unless I'm picking you up and we're trying to figure out where we're supposed to be, that's not even an emergency. That's just good manners. But when people say, you didn't answer me last night, nope. Nope, I didn't. You know why? I have some boundaries and I don't answer anything after 8 p.m. usually earlier if I'm with someone. And if I'm visiting with someone, my phone is not out. So you are not the priority in my life. And I might say this in my head and not to them, but there have been times where I have had to have some professional boundaries and say, you know what? You are lucky you have my cell phone number. Do not abuse that. Um, because we have to stop thinking that the entire world needs to stop for our benefit. We have to be the ones. You have to be it for you. And then other people can come along and be part of your life. So if you are one of those people that jumps to conclusions and you infer what others are intending and creating the drama and it's leading to that instant tragedy and it's associated with carrying on, well pause and take some time because you deserve to feel peace within you and you do not need to constantly stir up this energy because it's just going to create more energy begets energy so it doesn't care whether you're creating drama um, issues problems in your life or if you're creating abundance flow and love in your life energy is energy it's it, it 
it doesn't judge. It just goes where you're put. It meets you with what you're putting out. So when someone wants to relay a story to me, and I do this in my own head too, I will read the stuff, the communications without all of that inflection, kind of like you're reading a menu in a restaurant. And it is amazing how the message will shift. Something like I'm busy right now goes from I'm busy and you don't matter and whatever you want to talk about doesn't matter right now to I'm busy right now. No inflection. And the reason I bring this up is I find high drama entertaining, not just in the theatrical world, but in our everyday world. And I do have compassion for the person going through the drama and the one often creating it. But the actual event of it is quite funny to me. Um, Maybe it's because I come from a family that most of them don't talk about anything. Um, So when people are flapping in arms and gesturing, it's kind of funny to me. And when it comes right down to it, the more people get upset, usually the more trivial the event is. Because when something is really painful or earth shattering, you're not flapping your wings like you're an ostrich trying to take flight. They're just looking for the thrill ride. So it's, it's not even about the subject. It's usually about the person and wanting the attention. And it's not up to us to, fi- to figure out why they want the attention. But I do feel like the more we pull back our energy and not engage, if that happens to be going on, the more help we can be. So think about this and how you can fill yourself up rather than constantly pulling into the drama station and getting on that train, how can you fill yourself up with light and love and the hilarity of being human without having it be so dramatic? And what else in your life do you love to do that could take the place of the time you spent working, training for that Oscar? One time I was working with somebody and I have these this little baby Buddha that is just adorable that sits on my desk to remind me to be playful and to not get too serious in myself. And she was giving me a line, oh, it was impressive. And she was doing it calmly. See, drama is not always high velocity. Sometimes it actually comes with a very low description of a woe is me kind of energy. And that can be drama too. And I reached over, and I had worked with this woman for years, so (laughs) we had a basis. She knew I adored her, and I was not making fun of. But I reached over, and I grabbed the Buddha, and this was via Zoom, and I held it up to the camera, and she's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm presenting your Oscar to you because it seems like you're going for the performance of the year. And she paused a moment, trying to decide if she was firing me. I could feel that, and she could have. Would have been within her right. But, um, and then she just busted out laughing. And she's like, are you kidding me? And I said, I'm not kidding you. I can feel the dissonance between you're saying this because you think you have to say it. You're thinking you have to lament the fact that you're no longer married or that your wife lost her marbles and decided to leave the relationship or became so self-centered, whatever the situation was. You don't have to keep this story going. You can let it go. 
And I'm so appreciative that she knew I was coming from a place of just wanting her to recognize her own power and to feel that she didn't have to keep telling that story to hold herself back anymore. It wasn't necessary. Yes, those things happened. Yes, it shattered her her being for a while. But she didn't have to stay in that. It was okay to heal. It was wonderful that she was healing. So think about that the next time you witness or that you are the one that's kind of leading the Oscar thing. I don't know what to do with my life. I have no direction. Um, um, That person, I can't get ahead because that person said this or this person did that. Or, you know, when I was five, my father said this to me. Those things are there. I get that from a neural pathway perspective. I get that they're there. However, we are also in charge of changing those neural pathways and changing the way we are in the world. So if you want to stay in instant tragedy, that is absolutely your choice. Go ahead. Have fun. Um, it could get lonely because some of the energy that is on our universe from a vibrational standpoint is not tolerating that anymore. Um, so asking yourself, am I being the one? Am I being dramatic here? Am I blowing this out of proportion? Am I reading too much into this? Can I read it like the weather teleprompter and not the weather where the jeez, we're going to get the floods so everybody is up in arms um, way past what is even predicted. It's just that they want the ratings to be high. Read it like a teleprompter with no inflection what's going on in your life and then see if you don't have a a better appreciation. And some of these questions may seem simple, but they garner results if you're willing to participate. And in case you're wondering, uh, Maude and I worked together for on and off for about 12 years. Um, When I wrote the book, she hadn't fired me. I won't say she fired me, but I will admit that we're not working together now. And I love that because isn't a coach's job to help someone arrive in a place where they know themselves so well that you just become a touchstone? You don't necessarily stay on forever. That's an enabler. Um, And one of the things I will not be is an enabler. And I'm so, so thrilled that she has found a way to feel her own stability and really quite honored to have been part of the process. We stay in touch occasionally, um, and I want just the best for her. It takes such strength to be consciously growing and stretching and challenging the drama student inside all of us because, of course, we want to be seen, and we want to have our moment on the stage. We just need to be aware if it's actually constructive and working for us or destructive. So if you're willing to be kind to that drama student within, be patient with them, um, the addiction to attention can diminish because you'll be giving yourself the attention and you won't be looking for it outside yourself. And then I hope you have a feeling of accomplishment and then the peace that comes within that. And then the humor. Like once I realized I was creating problems because I didn't necessarily have any problems to solve anymore, which was just a concept that my 52-year-old head did not understand because I came into this lifetime. I came into this lifetime with one of my legs backwards because I wasn't sure I wanted to be here. I was creating chaos from the beginning. 
look how creative I was. But to recognize that I don't have problems to solve anymore means that I am free to be creative with my life. I am free to learn more because maybe I just freed up some (laughs) space on my hard drive and there will be things to learn and there will be expansiveness and, 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 and concepts and challenges. And did, did you catch the part of just moving in with a partner? Yeah, there'll be some challenges, but to meet those with some humor and understanding that, oh, I don't want to live in instant tragedy. That's the gift I'm giving myself this year. And the ability to see all of this within yourself and to actually embrace the possibility of knowing your own behavioral nuances is just so, so fun. And I know it's not fun all the time, but to know this stuff and to recognize that you don't have to be in reaction mode is also going to make you a fantastic example and leader in your own life. And we must be leaders in our own lives before we can go out and lead others. So thank you very much. I appreciate you being here for Instant Tragedy. And I'll see you in the next chapter, but I'll also see you in the next episode. If this is something you feel would be beneficial to you, feel free to pop on over to the website, vickybaird.com, or at Coach Vicky Baird on all the social platforms.